you know, I was talking just a moment ago about the $8 million campaign, which was huge when I first stepped foot into fundraising. Well, we just completed a, um, it was a, we raised the $1.45 billion campaign. We just, so to me, it was just like, (laughs) holy smokes, you know, I couldn't believe it. Welcome back to One Visit Away with your host, Kevin Fitzpatrick. This show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising. Listen to these stories, and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the One Visit Away podcast. This week, or man, not this week. I forget that I'm uploading episodes every day. Today... Uh, in this episode, we have an incredible guest, George Lensing with the University of Arkansas, has some incredible stories. I love his humility. I love the way he approaches his work and uh, just a, a delightful conversation. So I know you're going to take a ton away from this episode. But before we get into that, our usual daily reminder of the launch of Major Gift Millions coming up on Monday, June 6th. It's this Monday. So this episode comes out on a Thursday. You got Thursday, Friday, and then Monday, it's going live. So for three days and three days only, you will be able to purchase individual access for $1,000. It's normally going to be $1,500. It's $1,000 for these three days only. Team access, that means you, everybody on your team, your leaders, your board members, whoever, including current and uh, future hires you're going to make, will have access to this course. That's normally going to sell for $5,000 for these three days and these three days only. It's $2,500. So make sure you go talk to your supervisor. Once these three days are done, you will never be able to get this course at this price again. It's everything I teach my clients on how to succeed at major gifts. Um, how to make sure you have the right people in your portfolio, how do you get in front of them, how do you respond to objections, how do you have effective visits. It's all in there. So go check out onevisitaway.com slash millions to find out more about the course. And do not miss out on the launch of this. And again, there's no risk whatsoever for you to buy this because within 30 days, if for whatever reason you're not 100% satisfied, just let me know. I'll send you your money back. So Go check it out, onevisitaway.com slash millions, and enjoy this great conversation with George Lensing. All right. Well, welcome to the One Visit Away podcast. George, thanks for being here. Hey, you're very welcome. It's good to be here, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So in the first you know, two minutes before we hit live, I already have so many questions from things you've said, mugs you've raised. I think I just saw a Fort Worth Stockyards mug in your hand. Is that <laughs> you right? You did. You did. Excellent. Yes, so, you did. So. so I'm over here in Dallas and uh, have have been to the Stockyards, and it's awesome. What's the? Uh, is there any significance there for you, or just? Well, we were in Texas uh, about a year ago. I was getting a new truck and uh, in Burleson, just south of Fort Worth, and so yes. I wanted my kids and family to uh, to appreciate and understand, you know, kind of the uh, Western heritage there of the Cowboys yes. and so forth. My little man is into, uh, into horses and team roping. And so we're, we're, we're into that a little bit. And, uh, so it was a nice way to, to show him what it was all about and kind of where it all started, if you will. And, uh, yeah. so we experienced the, the Fort Worth stockyard. We stayed at the Drover hotel. It's a new hmm. hotel right there. Just, uh, 
just close to the stockyards and right there in the heart of it all. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, what, yeah. kind, of tr- what kind of truck did you get? I, uh, yeah, great question. I ended up getting a Dodge uh, three-quarter ton truck. So oh, uh, right. heavy enough to pull our camper and to pull our horses and to uh, just kind of do the things we do with. So it's a Man, good truck. <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. Sure. Man, okay. Cool. I'm excited about, I just want to hear all the adventures you've had in the camper and the horses, but that's, that's another podcast for another day. Absolutely. For, for now. Um, yeah, you mentioned, if you give everybody a little bit of history about yourself, super interesting. You said you studied criminology in, yeah. uh, in college. Yeah, that, and, that's exactly yeah. right, Kevin. I did. I, uh, I, um, I went to a high school. I'm, you know, I live here in Arkansas. I went to uh, a Catholic boarding school. A family legacy is why I went there. My um, my great uncle was a priest there. My dad, my grandfather, etc. All went there. So that's why I went there. And um, when I wrapped up high school, graduated there in '95, I went on to college, and. Um, you know, I was pursuing a criminology back degree and and plans to get into law enforcement um, for several different reasons. But uh, primarily, it was intriguing to me and interesting to me to be able to to get involved into that line of work and be able to. I felt like you know to to help out um, local community or local counties in Arkansas and so forth. And so that's kind of the reason. One of the reasons I got into criminology, pursued that, and um, it was an interesting field. I was in that for several years and, uh, and, but I, there was just something, you know, not quite there, you know, like when you, you know, you know, kind of thing. And for me, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't the highest calling for me. I mean, I enjoyed it and I have the most, uh, full respect for all our law enforcement men and women out there and all our servicemen out there and women out there. And, um, but it just, it wasn't, just the right fit for me. And, uh, but it was, um, it was a fun time and an interesting career and I enjoyed it, but, uh, it's interesting because it led me into other things, you know? So. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So yeah, tell everybody what you're, what you're doing now. Yeah. So, you know, kind of a long story short there. Anyway, we, uh, um, I was not expecting at all to be into fundraising. That was, you know, not, uh, there wasn't a degree out there at that time when I was in college in the late nineties that I uh, said, Oh, I'm going to get a degree, a bachelor's in fundraising. So, uh, yeah. you know, I got into this because I was, um, I had my own business at the time and, uh, and out of nowhere, I get this phone call from the high school that I went to this, uh, this small Catholic uh, monastery uh, boarding Catholic high school. And so they called and asked, you know, they were looking for someone that really, you know, they wanted someone that didn't have any experience in fundraising, but someone that could, you know, had a passion for the school that could get out there and talk with the alumni base and, and uh, you know, help, help maybe develop some kind of program that could help get, young or new donors kind of back into the fold, um, into maybe, you know, being able to give just even a small amount to, to the organization. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, you know, um, things in this line of work that I was in, you know, were, were kind of at its peak for me there. And, uh, I thought this was, uh, an opportunity that certainly came my way. I didn't go looking for it or anything. And so I thought about it and talked it over with my family. We prayed about it. And, um, you know, it was just one of those things that, that 
I felt like the doors opened very easily. And so I said, well, sure, you know, it's very similar to what I was doing and in comparison to sales and so forth. So I thought, well, you know, I could take this opportunity and run it as like my own business, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, you know, I, I took the leap of faith there. That was in, I guess, July of 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with the organization and, um, and started there, you know, just as about as green of a fundraiser as you can be. And, yeah. uh, and didn't know any of the lingo, none of the language, didn't know how to approach donors. I mean, once I got in the door, I was kind of shaking in my boots going, what did I get myself into? <laughs> because I know nothing about this whatsoever. And, uh, but then would you I like to talk about homicides. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> if you would like to talk about, you know, uh, drug raids and homicides and traffic tickets and things like that, you know, that was more my uh, cup of tea at the time. I could certainly, uh, bring those, uh, conversations to the table, but I had no way of sitting down and saying, you know, uh, what piques your interest about the organization or any of those kind of common questions that we seem to ask now in the, in the field. (laughs) So, um, so anyway, I got there and, uh, you know, started kind of learning the ropes, you know, um, I had a really great, um, leader at the time, um, didn't even know what a CFRE was, you know, I, I just thought, well, okay, that meant nothing to me at the time. Yeah. But now I know what it is and I'm currently working on that myself, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very nice prestige, uh, mm-hmm. uh, letters to have behind your name. And I really respect the people that have that now. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they inspire me to keep working hard to, uh, to get to that level as well. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I got there and, um, we uh, just kind of set in, got, you know, got used to the organization, got acclimated with the place. Um, and then it was time to kind of, you know, kind of sink in and, and get going with, with what I was hired to do, which was um, initially I was hired to bring on and start a monthly giving program. And um, in fact, you know, this position was created by a donor at this organization and uh, he wanted, he, he put the money up for it and um, he wanted someone that really like, like I was, had no experience, didn't even, I didn't even get to know this person, didn't even know him, didn't meet him, didn't know anything about him. I just heard the story and, um, but he wanted someone with no experience, but a lot of passion for the place that could go mm-hmm. out. And so honestly, that, that was me because I've always had a lot of passion for my high school and, and the, the, the monks and the, and the priests that are there, uh, they were very instrumental in my young life, just kind of guide me on the right track and get me on the, on the right path, you know? So I wanted to be able to take this opportunity and, and be able to give back to that organization through, through fundraising efforts, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. it, so yeah, yeah, what's, yeah, I mean, let's just start there. What's, uh, tell me about some of those. I'm sure you've got some stories from from your time there. Any any visits kind of come to mind? As yeah, you know, it, it, I do. I mean, I'll start with the first one that I was just kind of sharing a, briefly with you about about the uh, gentleman that put the money up for the position. And uh, you know, the uh, he, he the, the gentleman that put the money up was a was a was a an executive for a large corporation has done very well for himself. And I uh, was always very nervous about uh, needing to talk to this person when the time came uh, to talk. And it was several months before I was really kind of granted the opportunity to uh, visit with him. And uh, I'll tell you, it was a very nerve wracking experience for me. Um, 
and I was not prepared to the fullest when I met him. And instead of, uh, you know, him giving me the, the wrath, you know, he, he kind of took me under his wing and taught me some things about how to, to fundraise and how to prepare myself to uh, present um, numbers and metrics and so forth to, um, you know, to, to board members and people like that, if you will. And so that was a real learning experience for me. And in fact, to this day, uh, even though I don't work for that organization anymore, um, you know, he and I have stayed very close. He's still a very much a professional mentor, but also a very personal friend of mine. And, uh, and, uh, he's been very helpful, you know, to me along the way. So that is just a prime opportunity right there to see that when you step into something like this and you could be scared as, I'll get out that, you know, just stay in the course and, and believing in the process and trust in the process leads you to people that will really, you know, be there for you and take you under their wing and, and help guide you. Because again, like I said, even to this day, you know, he still mentors me. Um, even I'm with this totally different organization now, you know, with the university. So anyway, but here's a, here's a interesting story. I, one of my first trips out, I went to Houston, Texas and, uh, not a clue what I was doing again. And, uh, so I, the, 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 the objective of this trip was to sit down with our anchor visit. And, uh, it's a gentleman down there that's done very well for himself. And, uh, so I brought along the basketball coach with me who had the relationship, you know, with the, uh, with the executive down there. And, uh, you know, I didn't know him at all, but, but I knew the coach would, he coached him in basketball back in the eighties. And so we got down there. And so the, the plan was to, uh, to sit down with the uh, prospective donor and, and ask him for a gift of a whopping $5,000 for some chairs, uh, for some nice basketball chair, bench chairs for the team. You know, not the old, we were looking to upgrade from the wooden benches to those nice chairs you see the NBA players sitting in now or whatever. And I'll tell you what, I was, I was so nervous sitting down with him and, uh, saying to him, I said, well, look, uh, do you think um, you could help us with, uh, you know, I was stuttering all over myself and I, I'll never forget that. And I said, do you think you could help us with, uh, with some basketball chairs? And he says, well, of course, of course, all you had to do was ask, of course, fine. How, how much do you need? He, I said, well, uh, and I lost the number in my head. I couldn't even remember. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, well, um, I'll have to get back with you on that. I don't know off the top of my head, but, but you know, but you will help. And he was like, Oh yeah, yeah, I'll help. Just get the number for me and I'll get back. I was like, okay, thank you so much. I mean, it was like, you know, just totally lost for words. It couldn't have been more of a worse visit for me, but you know, but long story short on that, I got the number and it ended up being 5,000 for the chairs. He, quickly wrote a check for that, uh, you know, a week or two later and we got the chairs and then even more. So, you know, the relationship started and it became even greater. He became a, a member of our foundation board. And then he was an instrumental part in our campaign with a, you know, a gift of over a hundred thousand dollars that I was able to bring in. So I really went from bare bones to one of my first major gifts. And, you know, that, that was, uh, that was interesting. And it really helped build my confidence in, in the field of fundraising. I thought, well, I can do this. I, I think I can do this, you know, and, uh, and so that's kind of how it started. You know, that's just one, one story there that I have. Um, I mean, I have several more, but you know, that, that was one that really kind of took me from, Oh my gosh, what am I doing in this field to, I think I might have found something here. I think I might be into, 
you know, maybe a higher calling here. And, uh, yeah. and honestly, that was really the, the, the turning point and the tipping point for me to be mm. able to say, this, this is it. I really like this, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I love that story. Such a yeah. great story. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so one, one question for you, how long were you with the high school? Yeah. So I was with this organization for about four and a half, five years. And, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I worked with, the with them through, um, through a campaign there, um, far as I know, their first capital campaign, um, that was, you know, big for this organization. It was a campaign of about $8 million, which was rather large for such a small, you know, Catholic, um, uh, monastery and boarding school there, but we were able to exceed that goal as a team and raised over 8.3 million, I believe it was. So when we closed out, yeah, it was a, it was a really great opportunity to be able to experience all aspects of the cam- campaign. I was able to see firsthand developing steering committees and, you know, um, and, um, you know, board members and, and doing silent phase of the uh, campaign and going public. I mean, all of that was really interesting to me and, and fascinating to see how it all worked together with a campaign consulting group and, and just how all the, the dynamics, you know, work together to be yeah, successful. For sure. Yeah. And so the, the, the basketball guy, the $5,000 gift. Yeah. About how long was it from the time he, from that first visit that you had with him until he wound up making that six figure commitment? Do you recall? Yeah. I'm going to say, Kevin, that was probably, um, I would say within about a year. I think he went from 5,000. Yeah. It was about a year that he went from that to just staying in you know, contact with him, cultivating that relationship, making a few more trips down to Houston to have some events. In fact, we asked him, would he be interested in, in hosting, um, kind of a gathering and, a, you know, just of, of, of alumni in the Houston area to, to come in. He was like, yeah, of course. And he was a member of, uh, the River Oaks country club down there, which is a pretty, pretty elaborate country club, you know, and so it was very nice to be able to experience that and for him to host that. And we had a nice, large crowd show up. And, uh, so I think it was just the opportunity of reaching out to him and, and making that connection and, and getting him to where he feel, you know, felt like, you know, he, he was welcomed and, and, and loved by the organization. You know, I think for so long, um, you know, there just wasn't a lot of contact there. And other than just, you know, the standard direct mails and the newsletters and the email newsletters, those things, which are great tools, but you got to have more than that. And, um, and, and really, I think just because of, of monetary restrictions, you know, the, the smaller organization I was with, you know, wasn't able to, to get people out the door to go and build these face-to-face relationships. And so again, grateful to who's now my mentor, but the guy that put up that money to hire, you know, uh, me, it, it wasn't, I didn't know it was going to be me, you know, but to hire that position, you know, and to bring in someone that could go out and do that, that was what his goal was. And it proved, it was proven and he, you know, to be successful because, uh, uh, just like this, this gentleman that, um, uh, that, that, you know, started with 5,000 for the chairs, worked his way up to being a, you know, worked his way in, you know, to be a foundation board member and, and then the hundred thousand dollar gift. So it's just a truly transformational story right there in my opinion. So, yeah, for sure. And the, the reason I was asking you about the, you know, how long you were at the organization and that kind of stuff is 
a lot of people, I think, kind of shoot themselves in the foot uh, career wise because they'll they'll do what you did. They they go get the the job, you know, first time in fundraising. They stay there for eleven months, fifteen months, and then somebody another opportunity comes up for ten thousand more dollars or some kind of like yeah, that would be nice, but it's not like some radical life changing career move. And then they make the switch. That five thousand to hundred thousand dollar transition, they never get to experience that. They never get to see the capital campaign through. They never get to be a part of that eight million dollars raised. They never see the process from like first exposure to the donor to largest gift of that person's life kind of thing. And then they just, you know, so, so they never get that benefit. You got that in your first job. And I would bet you, like I would bet you opportunities came along before you made the transition, but you stuck around anyway. And that's had, I, I would imagine I'm inventing a narrative that I've seen repeatedly throughout the industry. I'd imagine you would say that like staying for as long as you did was a dramatic improvement on your success and career overall. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree with that, Kevin. It was um, being able to stay there. And yes, opportunities did come my way several times. And um, but, I, you know, the passion I had and still have for the place, that organization was uh, just, you know, first and foremost, you know, I I felt like what the place gave to me when I was a student there um, was just something I could never give back. And, and to me, I felt like I was put in this position to, even though, you know, I could go out and raise however much I could raise and give that back through generous donors and my efforts as a fundraiser. And that was so rewarding and fulfilling to me that, um, that there really was no offer on the table during my early years in fundraising that were, that was going to take me away from this organization, you know? And so I, I think you're exactly right. You know, I see this a lot when, uh, in fact, that's how you and I got to know each other was on LinkedIn. And I see a lot of uh, connections on there that, you know, this person's got a new position and this one's, and you look down their track and you're like, oh my goodness. I mean, they were here a couple months, here a couple months, there a couple months. And I'm thinking, where's loyalty, you know, in my opinion, but um, you know, I, and don't get me wrong. I'm all about people, um, you know, growing and their opportunities to, to, to make a better life for themselves, their family. So in all respect, at the same time, I say what I just said, I have full respect for what they're trying to do for themselves and to better themselves in their career. I, I get that because I've done that, you know, and, um, but I think there is something to be said for tenure and loyalty and dedication to an organization. Um, and so, you know, I was able to, uh, to do that there. And I learned so much, you know, um, through all that, as I've said before, you know, just being able to see a campaign from start to finish and being able to establish a monthly giving program, which is, um, you know, I, I, uh, it was a program that was based off of, like I said earlier about getting 
young and new donors into the fold, some back into the fold that maybe had given, but haven't given in a while. And it was a program that was very, very convenient for the donor. I mean, the smallest gift would have been $25 a month. Uh, $50 a month was the next level and $100 a month was the top level. Now, if someone wanted to do more than 100, of course, you know, and if they couldn't do 25, that's okay too. If I had a young high school graduate say, well, look, you know, I'm in college, man, but I could do $5 a month. Absolutely. You know, it's all about getting the donor into some consistent um, giving habits. And so we would set that up through electronic funds transfer. You know, I would set that up through EFT, um, uh, whether it was through a debit or credit card, whatever was easiest for them. And that way, it was a way for them to give and they wouldn't really have to remember, oh, did I send this or send that? But, you know, I think what's important is because people could easily say, well, well, how is that impacting the donor? Because they don't even know they're giving. It's just being automatically drawn out of their account. They don't think about it, so forth. Good point. They don't. And the donation is being being made. But I think the key element here is being able to stay in conscious contact with the donor. That comes back on the fundraiser and saying and doing what you say you're going to do, which was, you know, make make that, you know, phone call. You're one visit away, as you say. And you are. You call that person and pick up the phone. And if they're not a phone person, which some of the younger generation are, they'd rather text. That's okay. Text them. Email them. We'll find that most preferred communication and stay hooked up on it. And that's, um, I think, you know, that's the key ingredient to letting that person know, hey, thanks so much again for your $25 this month. That was uh, really amazing, you know, and there you get the old, I wish I could do more. Well, look, you're doing an astronomical amount. I mean, that's for where you're at in life. This is perfect. And time will, as time goes on and time will come to where you will be able to financially do more if that's what you choose to do. But for right now, you're doing, you're doing awesome, you know, so thanks so much. And that's kind of how those little uh, that little program got started and it, it really took off and went well. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, so yeah, y'all finished out this $8 million campaign. Yeah. Which was huge in my eyes. I was like, Oh yeah. Million dollars, man. Whoa. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's great. Now you're, now you're at the university of Arkansas, which I would imagine through, you know, tuition donations, all other forms of revenue, Y'all are probably bringing in like $8 million a week or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, just this year alone, we've raised in estate gifts, you know, over, I think we're right about the 14 million mark, you know, just Dang. in, just in our, you know, annual, uh, 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 goal this year, you know, and our goal is closer to 21 million. So, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're, I feel like we're, we're going to get pretty close to getting there this year. You know, we're still seeing some lingering effects, if you will, from COVID and whatnot. So we have to make, you know, adjustments to our, to our, but our, not our budget, but our, well, budget too, but our goal, you know, as well as, as we go along to, because, you know, the COVID played a, played a part on us as fundraisers, or in our case, it did, you know, so. But yeah, it's a, you know, transitioning over to the University of Arkansas is, um, it's been wonderful, man. It's um, it's been a great opportunity to be out there and to to see the impact of what we all do as fundraisers and as a team to help our school, our students, our professors, you know, et cetera, our student athletes. It's um, it's a it's a different scale, you know, and um, but it's uh, it's very rewarding, you know, at yeah, the same time. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me about what's uh, any stories you want to share from 
your time at Arkansas? Yeah, sure. You know, so, um, you know, we, we just wrapped up a campaign about, well, it was this summer of 2020. You couldn't have picked a really, a, I guess, more of a worse time to close out, to call, you know, to close the campaign out because we couldn't get together to celebrate. But fortunately, we were able to do that about a year, year and a half later and bring everyone together as a closing. But, you know, I was talking just a moment ago about the $8 million campaign, which was huge when I first stepped foot into fundraising. Well, we just completed a, um, it was a, we raised the $1.45 billion campaign. We just, to me, it was just like, (laughs) holy smokes, you know, I couldn't believe it. But uh, yeah, it was a goal of 1.25 billion. We were able to exceed that and we raised as a collective team in advancement, (laughs) 1.45 billion. So, what know, the heck? oh, I know I was, um, I was, uh, it, it was just an amazing opportunity to be a part of. Now I didn't come in on the front end of this campaign. The campaign started, I believe it was in 2012 and uh, it wrapped up in the summer of 2020. Oh, so dang. I wasn't there so from the start. for a long time. Yeah, it's much I longer, think. you know, with these large numbers, much longer <laughs> campaign. So, but it was something because I got to see firsthand you know, what a campaign can do for such a large um, institution like the University of Arkansas. It took our total endowment uh, for a state funded school. It took our total endowment to over one billion you know, dollars, which was amazing because, you know, you can't compare us to schools like Notre Dame, which I think their endowments around 15 billion or so. I mean, you, you, that's a private funded school, but for a state funded I mean, now we're, we're pushing, I think, close to the two billion mark, uh, but don't hold me to that. I don't know that number exactly on total endowment, but it was, um, it was pretty amazing to see that. But, you know, as being a part of and, and being in the estate and gift planning department, um, it, it's been a really unique opportunity and a wonderful opportunity for me because I'm able to bring in the best of both worlds. You know, I can help the university and I can help the donor at the same time. I've learned so much about estate and gift planning. And and I know that even when I first walked into it, even though I had had some experience in my previous organization with estate and gift planning, you know, stepping into it as my primary role, you know, was a little nerve wracking. And, um, but I think it's just a matter of just getting in and, you know, feet first and uh, just starting to learn things and picking up on the, uh, you know, on the gist of what estate and gift planning is all about. And once you can start doing that, it really um, can take you to the next level with you and your donors. You know, I've really come to to, to follow and um, and learn from the what I would call the greatest in estate and gift planning, which is Dr. Russell James out of Texas Tech University. He is just phenomenal. I had the opportunity to meet him at a conference and uh, was able to get you know one of his books and I uh, signed it. And uh, so I would encourage any fundraiser um, that that is interested in learning more and trying to, to develop their their fundraising tactics, if you will, to uh, just look up Dr. Russell James on LinkedIn. He'll connect with you. He'll supply you with information. Go to his YouTube channel, encouraginggenerosity.com. And I'll tell you what, he is just filled with wealth of information. So um, yeah, for sure. So Dr. uh, James, if you listen to this, I would like an A in one of your classes (laughs) if I take your class. So uh, He's uh, episode number 73 on the One Visit Away podcast. 
fantastic second most popular of all time (laughs) absolutely (laughs) he is a he's a he's a he's a wonderful person and just all due respect to him so um but uh, yeah, you know, I got there. I'll tell you. So here's a story that uh, after coming on there, kind of getting my feet wet a bit, you know, um, I had this donor call our office wanting to make a, making a, well, he wanted to make an estate gift. And, um, but I could tell initially he wasn't, he, he was more of just kind of feeling for information, if you will, about the place. And, but in a, something just didn't feel right. You know, the old, just go with your gut feeling on these. And so I did, you know, I was trying to uh, do the best that I could to provide him information on what would be the best estate gift. And so I had numerous conversations with him, his financial professionals, his estate attorney, but, uh, but he wanted to figure out a way was there a way maybe could we do the gift uh, through the University of Arkansas and another college in the state of Arkansas that's not affiliated with the U of A? And I said, well, you know, it's a different entity and that'll be tough. And so I could tell that he didn't really like that answer, but he was still pursuing the opportunity to give to us. And I thought, okay, so, you know, he came, came down to it and what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it. But I didn't know the figure until he said, well, look, I think I'm going to do a million dollars. And I thought, oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's great, sir. That looks, that sounds wonderful. So, you know, I was getting everything together, got everything put together, the gift agreement ready. Um, you know, I was ecstatic, shared it with my leader. He was, you know, fired up for me and everything. And, uh, so I sent the gift agreement on and, uh, waited and, uh, waited and I, I, I didn't hear anything for a while. And so, you know, then we I guess he called our office. I can't really remember how that part happened, but nonetheless, the next conversation, which after several, you know, this is, it seemed like it was the next cause it, it went all downhill from there. He called back and he says, well, I'll tell you, I'm not really impressed with the way this is set up. And I really wanted it to be a more of a, a blended opportunity between the university of Arkansas and this other school. And, um, so I, I, I'm just going to retract my gift. And I thought, oh, my gosh. I mean, like, it was the most horrible feeling that I just wanted to crawl in a hole and never be found. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, what did I do wrong? I went to my leader. And I was like, what is what did I do? I mean, I did. Here's everything. All my email trails, you know, every everything's like Get you Dr. James on the phone. Uh, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was like. Call somebody, you know, emergency. And uh, and so. Anyway, you know, I, I shared that story um, because I know that if, if a fundraiser out there listening to your podcast hasn't experienced the, the gut-wrenching, punching moment of like, oh, my gosh, I just lost a million dollars. My career, I thought, I, you know, I'm going to get fired. Is I'm not the right fit here. They're going to get me out the door. They want somebody that can get gifts, make gifts consistently. They don't want someone yeah. losing gifts. And, uh, and I'll never forget, you know, walking out of my leader's office and he was so encouraging to me mm-hmm. and, uh, just assured me that that's how it's going to be. And, uh, I thought, oh, you know, I had to, so I was still second guessing him, but, but the truth of the matter, he was exactly right. Those type of things are going to happen. And, and I've had several other stories that are like that, you know, that have happened that, you know, everything's on target to go. And, um, and then for some reason, our donor pulls the gift and, and they, yep. they have that right and they can do that. And you can look back over your email trails and your, your gift agreements and everything that's out there. And you did everything the correct way, you know? Yep. And so, you know, you have to let yourself and reassure yourself that it was not, 
you know, your fault here that you did the right thing and that, you know what, there's going to be more like this, but there's also going to be more out there that are willing to make that gift and stick to their commitment. And so whatever that reason is, you can't control that and you can only accept the things that, you know, that you can control there. And so to me, uh, yeah, you know, it was just kind of a, uh, like I said, a kind of a gut punching moment, but, but it was a, le- a learning moment too, you know? And, and so there's, there's always things, even as on the same token, what could I have done differently? And so maybe I could have cultivated it a little bit more, or maybe I could have stewarded it a little bit more. Maybe I should have followed up a little bit more, but you know, who's to say if, even if I would have done all that would that have donors still switched over and, and, and changed, you know, uh, organizations most likely. Right. So in that story, uh, just because yeah. like I said, initially on the initial call, you know, something just didn't feel in my gut, like a hundred percent. I love that story for so many reasons, at least three. Um, one, just that you shared it because everybody wants to, one of the things I've realized, like, <laughs> The way you can tell somebody is a terrible fundraiser, I've realized, is if they spend all of their time just like talking about, and then that's when I close the $50 million gift. And then that's when I single-handedly, and it's just like a never-ending, let me tell you how awesome I am. Um, And I've seen that a number of times where like you realize over the years, oh, that's actually not what happened and they just made up that story or it's the one success they've had in their entire career and they just repeat it over and over and so i love that you shared it just from a humility perspective and this stuff happens to everybody but not a lot of people talk about it so thank you for that um you know a plus to your boss for their response to it and just like giving you the encouragement and like hey this happens and then the third part is it's really easy sometimes, and I've, I've seen this happen where a donor, for whatever reason, doesn't give the gift. And then the fundraiser can turn it into, oh, well, how dare he? Like, I spent all this time. And like, we turn it so much into like how they wronged us and we just get filled with anger and stuff. And look, at the end of the day, it's like, if that's your approach, sure, you're welcome to do that. but. Like a couple things. One, yeah, like you said, people have that right. We also just don't know everything that's going on behind closed doors. We might not know the whole story. But then the third thing is it doesn't help anything. Look, this was a $1.45 billion campaign. That million dollars was one of $1,450 million gifts that we're going to have to come through. If you're so fixated on one thing, like... You got to have each of you who are working on this has to have 50 opportunities in the pipeline at all times because you know that some of them aren't going to come through. So I'm sure like clearly the University of Arkansas had many, many, many opportunities like this. And that helps you to be able to say, hey, some of them don't go through. Let's keep moving forward. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, that's that's always kind of been my mindset anyway. You know, it's uh, it's hard not to take it personal because you're like, what the heck, man? You know, that kind of thing. You're right. I mean, you know, it's it's easy to get frustrated at it and say, you know what, I can't do this. You know, this is 
Uh, I'm just not cut out for it. But or, you, you know, you can kind of look at the other side as an opportunity of growth there and say, you know what? It just, you know, I, I did everything that I could do. I looked at everything. I've talked it over with my leader. He's been very encouraging to me, keeping my chin up, that kind of thing. And uh, you know what? Let's just get back out the door and let's uh, let's see what we can make happen um, to 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 better and help and be a part of the campaign and and the whole organization as a whole. And so um, you know, yeah, no, there's no hard feelings whatsoever toward that donor. He uh, obviously had other intentions and. Um, and uh, whatever his intent was behind it, truly, I don't know. But um, but either way, you know, it didn't work out for us. And then uh, maybe it worked out for that other organization. I don't know. But, you know, in my case, um, I just kept moving forward. You know, in fact, what I did do uh, and, and you know, to end on this note with that on that story is I did follow up with him through a through a, a nice handwritten note. I had written him just to say thanking him for allowing me to have the opportunity to work with him. You know, um, it, it was a pleasure. You know, our apologies, it didn't really work out. But if there's anything that I could do for you in the future, you know, to please feel free to call me, email me, text me, any way that's most convenient for you. More than happy to help and wish you all the best, you know, kind of like. And uh, so that's exactly what I did. And uh, but I didn't hear back from him. And that's OK, too. There was no expectation uh, whatsoever. And so I think if you can keep that in mind. You know, um, uh, you know, just uh, leaving off expectations. You know, there's an old saying out there, expectations are resentments in the making. So uh, you can just kind of lay that out and, uh, and keep that in mind. You won't be nearly as resentful or disappointed toward, you know, a gift that can turn into fruition. So. Yeah, so true. Man, so we're starting to get close to time here. Sure. George, is there... Uh... Do you have a last story? That you yeah, I do. Share? So I wanted to end on a positive note, obviously. And so, <laughs> you know, it's just, just the opportunity of being able to connect with donors and, and to, uh, you know, again, go right back to what you say with uh, your podcast and the one visit away. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, to set yourself up for like daily goals. And for me, you know, it's like I have this goal in mind to, to make, uh, you know, like 20, 25 uh, contacts a day, you know, and so I just keep hammering, you know, and keep going until I get that contact. And so, you know, in this case, I did that and I was going to Washington, D.C. to meet donors and to 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 an establish, you know, just kind of let people know who I was to introduce myself to these people. And so I did and had dinner with this gentleman up there. And, uh, you know, it was just a very casual dinner with him. Um, no, no pressure, no ask, no anything like that. It was just more of get to know you and start building the trust, which I think is key, especially in all gifts, but even in particular estate and gift planning, because it's a lot like investments. If you want people to to trust you with their assets, you know, they're going to need to or to to give you their assets. They're going to need to trust you. And so that takes time. And so I think fundraisers need to remember, you know, this isn't a, a deal where you just go out and you ask for six, seven figure gift and you expect to get it. It takes time to do that. And the only way to do that is keep picking that 800-pound that phone up and making that phone call, you know. And so with that, I made that call. I was able to get the visit. We had a nice casual dinner, um, just visited about that person in general, about myself in general, showed him, told him what I did at the university. Time went on there. We just stayed in casual contact back and forth. And then just out of nowhere, I know it seems like a crazy story, but Truly, it really was. He emailed me and said, I think I'm ready. 
to uh, to make a, a gift through my bequest, through my will. And I said, OK, sure. And so we got to talking and I said, well, you know what, um, you know, to help us plan for the future and to kind of get things set to know what we want to do with your gift. What is an approximate amount you're looking at? And he says, well, I'm thinking a million dollars. All right. You know, fantastic. And so I said, well, that is, you know, truly amazing and just very transformational. And so you could tell and the gift came through and uh, it's all set up. It's an endowed scholarship goes on for perpetuity. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing. Again, here's a story where a guy does the million dollars and and now the ball is still back in, you know, it's back in my court and it's still there saying, OK, now you have to steward this donor. Because even though through a testamentary gift like that, it's a revocable gift and they can change that at any time. Even though, you know, I just shared a story about one gift that was taken away. You know, what could I do better? Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to continue to steward and do it the best way I know how. And so I do that just in short here. I do that through a living portfolio. Maybe this will help some donors out or fundraisers out there that are just getting into this. I have an Excel spreadsheet. I put my portfolio in there. And then I have to where it's color coded and it changes automatically that when I'm getting close to, you know, it's been so many days since a visit, it'll switch to yellow. And when it's been too long, it switches to red, which tells me, hey, you need to call this donor right now. You know, this person in your portfolio. And then the ones in green means, you know, you're staying up on your contacts with them and your stewards and so forth. So it's a real nice tool I use to help me stay on top of it. And so I would encourage a fundraiser to do that uh, because that's, you know, that's a key ingredient into keeping and maintaining your donors and your donor base. And again, even with the spreadsheets and all the tricks in the, you know, in the bag, you're not going to keep everyone, but you can always try to improve and do better to, to, to get new ones in and to keep the ones you have. So it's a, it's just a wonderful field all the way around to be in. I find it very, rewarding and uh and it's just an honor you know and to be in this you know this field to be able to do that and how i got here like i said it's just crazy but uh but i i wouldn't have asked or picked any other path to be on to be where i'm at today so yeah that's tremendous well george this was an absolute pleasure getting to talk to you hear these stories and uh anything you'd like to leave people with or anything you want to promote before we hop off here yeah, man, I would just say keep uh, keep doing what, what you say there. One visit away. Keep hammering out on those phone calls, uh, text messages, emails. Even when it gets discouraging and you get 100 no's, the next one could be the yes. So just yes. keep doing that and keep going at it one day at a time. So That's awesome. Well, George, this was amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show and look forward to talking soon. Yeah, you're very welcome, Kevin. It's been an honor and I appreciate you inviting me on the podcast. Thanks so much. That was George Lensing with the University of Arkansas. I'm sure you enjoyed that conversation. If you did it as much as I did, please go leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Share this episode with other development professionals. And do not forget, Monday is the launch of Major Gift Millions. Make sure you go check out onevisitaway.com slash millions. You do not want to miss the launch of this course. Again, three days, three days only. There's going to be this sale. Normally, individual access is $1,500. It's on sale for $1,000. Team access, normally $5,000. It's going to be on sale for $2,500. And if you want your money back within 30 days for whatever reason, just let me know, and I'll give you a full refund. So do not miss the launch of that course. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. 
this great conversation with George. I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. After all, you're just one visit away from getting some new basketball chairs or maybe closing a million-dollar gift for your organization.